crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recapic Podcast. And we're back. A little bit of a hiatus. We're uh, we're back on board, but we, we took a couple weeks off there. Um, first time we've ever done that. And uh, but we got back on the on the horse, so we're back with fresh hey, even, content. Even professional athletes got to take a little break. You Absolutely. can't you can't run a racehorse all the time. We were on the IR for a minute. No, know? it wasn't IR. It was intentional grounding. It's like my <laughs> fantasy team's on the IR right now. <laughs> the whole, the whole team, just the whole, the, the whole team's on the field. <laughs> he just won the. He just dropped that was strategically on purpose, yeah. by the way. How did that's amazing? Yeah. He's a professional. Look, I asked the question prior to the podcast, and then I heard you yeah. say shit in the intro, and I was like, okay, it's on. It's on. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> it was under a minute, and actually, you know it was like, within the first like this 10 is seconds the of first time we have had a podcast pro on. We always have podcast virgins. No, he's a, he's seasoned pro. Seasoned, like more seasoned it than you and I. Be- it just feels together. better. Like I'm out of practice though. Yeah. Hey. You get right back on that bike, and you know what you do? You're Lance Armstrong in that shit right now. (laughs) Especially when you're racing guys like us, a couple fat guys in spandex. You're Lance Armstrong and two fat, hairy guys in spandex. How does he do that? Mine's only got 10 speeds. (laughs) I want an electric bike. I would, uh, I am going to, I'm going to kick this off in a, uh, a little bit of a sentimental, but yet positive way. I do have to. Uh, give a shout out to Mr. Adrian Booker mm. on this podcast. We lost a good friend this week, uh, unfortunately, very, um, very early and very sudden uh, in, a, in an automobile accident. And I do want to dedicate this podcast to him. And I do know it's going to tie in because I want everyone to realize, hey, life is short, man. Mm-hmm. Do shit you love. We say it all the time on this podcast. I can't say it enough. Take the time. Hug the ones you want to hug. Kiss the ones you want to kiss. Slap the ones you want to slap if it's Jody. And uh, <laughs> I'd rather have a kiss. Make the changes. Make the pivots. Do all the things we tell yeah. you in this podcast to make sure that you're making the most of your life and enjoying it. And I think our guest today is going to be able to elaborate on that because he's kind of living his life that way, which worked out perfectly for this week. I know. It's like so destiny. I'll let you take over. By the way, I'm T. Brown. Trevor Hi, T. Brown. Brown here. My uh, name's Jody. This is the Wreak Havoc Podcast. Our special guest, Mr. Sean Winnett. Woo! Happy to be here. Um, so a little background about Sean. I worked with Sean at 116 and West, the agency that I currently work for. I worked as in past tense because he left, what, almost a year ago? Uh, April. April? Yeah, Jeez. it was this year, but it feels it like feels an eternity. Like, well, 2020 <laughs> feels that way. <laughs> <Right>. 2020 <laughs> counts for like five years. Yeah. Gee whiz. <laughs> so yeah, he left a couple weeks ago. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I'm already two jobs further, so... So, I'll butcher this, but... Um, I'll come and do cleanup crew. It's cool. <laughs> that'll work. That'll work. Uh, Sean is a, just a digital stud. So, if you were to describe... Like, if you're writing your bio... Yeah. Right? How would you describe your expertise? Yeah, so... I mean, really what it comes down to is integrated marketing and media is really the the focus of, of my career up to this point. Um, started off in undergrad in journalism, public relations, um, really more leaned into the PR uh, side of things, the, the kind of back half of my undergrad experience. Uh, started working agency side in college, uh, 
worked the majority of my career in agencies. Um, had a small digital firm out in Meridian. I worked for for a number of years prior to One Sixteen and West. Um, came over there, still focusing on digital, and then actually kind of transitioned more into to traditional media, um, kind of in conjunction with what we were doing on the digital side there. Mm-hmm. Um, left, went to a prominent e-commerce supplement national location. Can you say it? I'll like, say it. It's bodybuilding.com. <laughs> uh, I love it. I mean, I'm going to talk some shit, but no, it's, uh, so I went there, uh, as a performance marketing manager, um, you know, well, because you're yoked too. They, they, you yeah. can't tell on the podcast. I mean, but the guy's yoked. Oh my I mean, God, I love this podcast yeah. already. This Thank is why you. we do podcasts. That's what Jody's always said. <laughs> he has a face for radio. Yeah. We do podcasts because we can tell him we look yeah. like whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The camera has so 10 he's, pounds. He's yoked, so obviously the, right. that's why they picked him up. <laughs> the podcast reduces my body fat to about 5%. About, that's nuts. <laughs> Standard. BMI. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was out there, performance marketing, really focusing on paid search, paid social, affiliate, um, programmatic, some video here and there, um, and then direct mail of all things, very left field there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> did a lot of direct mail for them. Um, and then, yeah, was was laid off about six months after I, I started there, and um, I'm starting a new gig in like two weeks as a senior marketing manager for Vacasa. Oh, so they are on the on the um, homeowner side. So okay. they're like a parallel to Airbnb and VRBO, not a competitor um, because they actually like there's houses on those that are also there. They're full scale property management for vacation rentals. And then so my oh, okay. side of the business is going to be focusing on um, recruiting people who own second and third vacation homes to to list and then um get on the platform i know a guy do you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah do i now also know a guy that. he's we he's do. in the process of building a just a little hut of a three it's uh, 3300 square foot yeah it's yeah. uh jug mountain heaven on 11 on he's, the 11th hole at yeah. uh, jug mountain we call it heaven on 11 Beautiful. we own we own the social media and the url heaven on 11 That's so amazing we uh we are heaven on 11 uh is that a is that a local company or so they, they are so they have an office here I think they started here um, but their corporate headquarters okay. is in Portland and then they've got like twelve other offices is like their oh, owner wow. is it still probably yeah. he lives here is he here I believe he is here okay. yeah so I haven't I think, started yet I so think, I don't know the full background yeah, yeah, yeah. no I I think mm. I that's funny I think my brother knows him mm, okay oh so it's, it's funny because he had talked about the same company he says amazing. Just, just a different way of thinking about, it, right? Like, exactly. It goes back to, I'm um, again not to get on a left turn, but one That's thing what I, we do. I really is what we do. <laughs> what we I, do. I really like about, and we talk about in a lot of ways. Uh, it's not always the first guy to the game that does it best, right? It's that kind of NASCAR theory where you want to be in second place going into turn four, yeah, where you can bump the guy loose and cross the finish line. I, from what I've heard, they've kind of witnessed, kind of like what Uber wasn't the first Uber, right? They watch Airbnb, they watch VBRO, and from what I understand, Vacasa's doing it better. They've taken what people complained about, is the way my brother was pitching it to me. It's basically the complaints you hear from people, how kind of shoddy and um, kind of, of, uh, you know, just, you know, very homey, I guess we could say. I was going to not say trailer trash or something like that, but <laughs> that's a good one. You know, redneck, a redneck way of, you know, sometimes you go to a VBRO or to, you know, it's in your kind of like redneck. I guess yep. Vacasa's doing it a little bit better. Basically. Yeah, they're more focused on like actual vacation rentals right. and not necessarily exactly where you it's feel like, like you're going more to a hotel type deal than you are somebody's house where the 
where they're renting out the spare bedroom. Right. And that's exactly right. it. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and then on top of all of that, um, I'm a contractor, I do freelance. So that is something that has also started in the interim oh, between hey. jobs. I landed my first client and was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just kind of roll with. Uh, Man, I, I went to lunch with you not that long ago, all these developments. I know. So this was, this was since then. Uh, in the process of applying for jobs, uh, I found this lit one on LinkedIn that was, they were looking for someone to run paid social kind of through the process of talking with them realized it's more of a contract gig and was like well yeah i'll just do it so used my agency expertise that i owned Excellent. at 116 put Excellent. together a proposal and now i'm running paid paid ads for them um and that's something that can absolutely be done concurrently they're a uh it's a company called brunch work so they hmm. um she she's in new york she started these workshops in new york san francisco it's kind of this professional development seminar stuff that kind of is concurrent to getting an MBA. Mm, so okay. um, she runs not only those doing them virtually now with COVID, but she actually has like a eight week um, intensive course that you can get that that's kind of the focus of the ads that I'm running. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm impressed to also like parlay Which that into exactly our topic Exactly what today. we do. Yeah. Talk about it. It, <laughs> it just plays out. Like, I mean, it plays out like literally that's all. I mean, we're in the same kind of boat where we talk about Jody's, you know, I've always watched him and kind of his side work kind of deal. And even back when his radio days, mm -hmm. you look at side work, got him into where he's at today kind of, you know, the oh, more yeah. he did like side work, it was like all of a sudden, and this is so funny, like I said, we we go, obviously, as everybody knows, way, way back and sat there over the golf course several times going, dude, you just need to go fucking make the move, you know, yep. let's go, let's go. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. You know, I'm like, dude, you're already doing it kind of, you know, like to see that kind of pivot from what you're doing. And, and we talk about, so when you look at the Wreak Havoc podcast, when you look at our V and Havoc, it's a pivot sign because I, my company name is the Havoc Sales Partners because too i like the the pivot of it right mm -hmm. it's it's all connected uh, and we're always partners in this game like so everybody we do business with we're partnering with and i mean that's you obviously partner you got to know your client right totally. if you're gonna you gotta know it but i love how everyone takes their business and what they do and they're like you keep that one foot in it and then you go to something different it's not a lot of people not a lot of success, I should say, and just completely jumping out of one boat into the other, right? You're, you're always kind of moving from that's one a, to the that's other. That's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we've seen huge success in just going, oh, and I went from here, and I pivoted to right. here, and then I went to here, and I went to here. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day. If you look at four years ago, the bulk, or five years ago, the bulk of everything that I did was all audio. If you look at the bulk of what I'm doing now, it's almost all video. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the audio design on the video, but I'm filming and editing and directing and doing all these different things from a visual standpoint that I wasn't doing any of that in radio, which is it's one of the reasons that I was like, hey, right. I need to expand my base of knowledge here so that I'm able to get all the stuff that's in my head out into the creative world. You know, Both of you guys will love this. This is a conversation I had yesterday, literally sitting at the... So, uh, and we've made jokes about this. I'm the PR chair for the B the Builder Contractor Association. <laughs> I say fuck so many times that the fact that I'm our public relations guy is a bad it's move. It's a sweet irony. Is what it is, is very ironic. But it's they make me... They, yeah, thanks to North by Northwest for making me look nice and sound nice. Uh, because That's what Jeff does. They, they make me sound Jeff look and, great. But and Nance, is, oh, he's the guy in the were, back room. They were amazing. They were amazing. But like... <laughs> But I, I, I'm, uh, you know, getting more and more involved with them and on the PR side of what we're trying to get across with the Builder Contractor Association is basically 
we call this the anti-anti-growth movement, right? Everyone's anti-growth. Well, we're trying to be anti-anti-growth. It's like, hey, we need people moving here, right? We yeah. need we need the flow. Pond dies if the water stops flowing in and flowing out. We got to really keep it, you know, how do we do it positively and, and make it a positive move for us to grow. Um, so we were talking about, I'm like, all right, we got to raise some funds because I don't know if you know, North by Northwest, you guys are awesome, but you're also really fucking expensive so <laughs> yep. we've got some bills we got to pay so we you know we're out getting that so as the pr chair i've got to sit down with the the eo and the president which i'm pretty close friends with the president so that's pretty good i'd like to know more about these negotiations <laughs> but uh i was talking with our eo and, in the and, hot tub <laughs> yeah exactly not the eo in the hot tub okay the president sorry. i talked to in the hot tub right my bad my bad <laughs> i want bill to hear this and get freaked out I'm <laughs> bill I, it's a big I, hot tub buddy they're uh, six feet <laughs> but we were talking about the difference of like in the day of sending out an email to all of our big contributors and being like hey guys we have a pr committee blah, blah. now it just gets that's just that you know that goes right. It's gone. They they swipe past it. They they you know, on their phone. We're doing. I want to do a video where basically I come out as the PR chair and sit in front of the BCA logo and say, "Hey, hey guys, Trevor Brown. I'm the you know PR chair for the. This is what we're looking to do, and we could really use your donation. You know, blah blah blah. Here, click the link below. We went digital on our. Which another thing that was like pulling fucking teeth was getting them to approve us to go digital to be able to give the donation but mm -hmm. the whole idea of a video asking for it i think is so much more powerful than a an email absolutely it's content do this and and then like we're getting it to where like even we asked about we go how do we get more people to show up to our meetings just the general meetings like we had sales and marketing meeting today and there was 12 people there you know we got four whatever how many hundred people that should have been there we got 12 people to show up we're like well we need to be sending out like the sales and marketing chair needs to send a, a you know, a video invite instead of just an invite. Yeah. Well, we sent out invites. Yeah. But every, we get invites all the fucking time, especially now with zoom and COVID all that shit. Mm -hmm. Like I have a thousand webinars. I'm supposed to be to webinars. Don't work. Like I want to see somebody's video begging me to come to the meeting, mm -hmm. telling me what's going to happen. Be different. But, Purple yeah. cow. It's huge. <laughs> and I, and so we're trying to get to that, that level to where we're creating video content uh, in place of, you know, a normal email anymore. Start a TikTok. There you go. <laughs> Bingo. No, shit, That's exactly what you should do. That's going right over the yeah. top. Right? We just got into electronic mail. We're going to go right to, right to TikTok now. That are, our Hold recruitment on. of millennials has never been better. Is this going to replace our fax machine? No. no. <laughs> nope, still good as a boat anchor. Oh Let's go fishing. God. That's pretty funny. Could increase all your millennials. We see it. We see it though. That's that's what I you know for what we're looking at from a marketing standpoint. It's like we've got to get to that point. I, and I'll give credit, like you know, with, with our whole marketing campaign. I there was a lot of stuff I kind of poo pooed out because I am very digital and social media. Even for an old guy, I I think I'm a little more ahead of those guys. I literally I'm like, hey, we got to do this. We got to do this. And they were like, hey, we're gonna do these TV commercials. And I'm like, Jane, you know, Jane. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Jane Perlacki. She. Jane was like, dude, talk we got to run. She talked you down. She talked me down. I'm like, Jane, girl. I'm kind of dis disagree with you. And she's like, well, let's see. So I purposely didn't tell anybody. I didn't post on social media nothing about the commercial that we did because mm -hmm. I'm in it. And uh, so I just waited, like threw it out there. And all of a sudden, boom, for one of the Chiefs games that came on, and I get all these text messages from people. What the fuck? Do you even know how to use a nail gun? I just saw you <laughs> on TV. Is that what that was? People sending me pictures of the screen yep. of me on the screen. I'm like... Holy shit, people do watch TV sometimes. You know, it's, commercials well, or commercials, I should say. I okay, well one 
you're buying the media right because you're putting it in live programming. Yep. So I was about to say so, it's where you put it. Yeah. So that well, that, that has a lot to do wrong. with it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh boy, I missed that. That's what not she that said. kind of podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it is now that I'm here. Um, <laughs> no, but I I, I think that yeah, digital and traditional get so people lean into one or the other, right. and they tend to. But really, what it is is it's like Jody said earlier, it's content. Right. doesn't matter. Like if you're, it, it's the, the quality of placement. Like you can buy shitty inventory on digital. That's dirt cheap. And you'll get 10 million impressions that have no sort of uh, fraud prevention or viewability rating or anything like that. And it's completely wasted. Same with, you can buy midday deep cable that no one's watching on TV <laughs> and it does absolutely nothing. That but, sounds like midday deep cable. Mm. It sounds like a band name. Though <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna earmark that one for later. But, um, also some of my favorite for a for a certain client we used to have where it was like, Oh yeah, no, just buy that all day. Yeah. <laughs> just buy that all day because I know the person watching it and yeah. that's the person we're trying to Well, reach. but that's knowing your target. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean so that's it's all part of the equation. Inventory quality being one that it changes, like it changes based on your audience. Right. So, very, very true. Yeah, but that I mean, you talk about the the whole idea of being integrated. Right, it's understanding you've got fifteen tools in the toolbox. Each thing does a different thing for a different task, and understanding how all that works together, and putting the strategy into the whole campaign, and making sure that your creative is talking to the right audience at the right time about the right thing. All that stuff. You, I mean. It all counts. It's understanding that you can't build a house with just a hammer, and or a nail gun, or or a nail gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I saw your commercial. <laughs> I know. And, and and you're right. It, it's so many different tools are there, but they're all necessary to, or at least mixes of them are necessary to kind of right. m- complete the project. So let's talk tools. Yeah. Um. In the last, so you've been agency side. How many years? I'll say 10 years ten. agency side, eight months, roughly clients. We're not going to count clients. Yeah. We're going to just talk agency side. Okay. So in the last Thanks decade. so much to say about clients. <laughs> we that, can eight, get, that eight months. We'll get into it. But okay. what, what I want to talk yeah. about is what are the things that you've seen that are the game changers in the last decade? So you've got somebody, and this is kind of a, oh, maybe a 25,000 feet looking down where you're like, wow, that trend we talked about, I remember a meeting a long time ago where a guy was saying, if you control the content, that puts you in a position where you can leverage things. If you're not controlling the content, mm-hmm. somebody else is going to go do it. And I mean, it's interesting. You look at Netflix and, and Prime and you look at all the, all the different streaming services and what those guys are trying to do, Disney that owns the universe, they're a good example of, owning the content right right so what are some of those from a from a marketing point of view what are some of those things that you're like wow i underestimated that or maybe overestimated something else yeah so i mean i think i mean content's one right and it's a buzzword and it's been a buzzword for a long time but i think the biggest piece that i actually didn't fully understand until i left the agency side was how important first party data is Mm. like to the point where like you can you can buy Facebook ads and Google ads all day when you're bidding on keywords or interests or whatever like that. But a first party customer list for not only like 
wanting to hit people with, but also making sure you're excluding people Mm. is insane. And like the layers of data we had at bodybuilding, I would, I will say is one of the most interesting like lessons that I learned there was like, all right, so now we're not only looking at like, are you a customer? Are you not a customer? It's, are you a customer that purchased a certain product within the last 30 days? And then can we then, cross-sell you or upsell you to a different thing, or you haven't made a purchase in a year, and so you're now churned, so how do we bring you back into the fold? Right. How do we prevent you from churning? Like If we serve you an ad at nine months versus six months, are you that much more likely to convert? Like Anyone who's bought in the last 30 days shouldn't <laughs> see any ad. Like There's so many layers here. <laughs> I have a funny story. So like maybe getting a, a review of some golf clubs or something like that yeah. that you hadn't received yet? Right. You might <laughs> want to pay attention to that. It, yeah. I, right at COVID, I ordered a custom set of golf clubs from TaylorMade. Okay. And they, I apparently was the last set of golf clubs ever made pre-COVID. And I <laughs> I literally, they said it was tagged and sitting for the UPS guy when they shut California down. And, and so they just sat there for months. Right on the dock. As I'm sitting here pissed off because I, one, it's COVID, so I'm home all the time. I can be golfing because the golf courses are open. So we're wanting to go golfing all the time. Yeah. I want my clubs. And then all of a sudden I get an email and they want my customer review of my experience with their website and how I like my clubs. Yeah, that's that's an automated service that Whoops. someone forgot to. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> well, because they weren't well, there. Funny well, story. Right, yeah. <laughs> you sons of bitches. They got a hell of a review out of me because I, uh, I let them have both barrels. I was like, well, you probably shouldn't have sent this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you want to know what my review this today is how I feel because I want to go golfing with my new golf clubs and. Alas. You won't. You won't send them to me. Right. Yeah. So yeah. But you took my money right away. Well, of very course. quickly. Of course. That thousand dollars came out of my account super fast. So uh, shifting into that yeah. to the to the first party stuff, in terms of reputation management, how important is that? Well, I mean, I think it's extremely important. But it is. I mean to to piggyback off that it's important that you do it right it's you can't automate everything i think that there's a lot of businesses that don't have the manpower to do it all and you can't just hand it off to the person who does social media like there's so much that goes into proper reputation management that like it's google reviews it's like there's tools out there that um kind of pre-qualify reviews which i think most businesses if they're doing something like automation should do that where it doesn't post straight to google they're able to, like, would you rate us, how would you rate us out of five stars? And then four and five stars, they they are able to, to publish straight to Google. One to three, it's like, well, hold on, like, how can we, like, right. do this? And so you're heading it off at the pass, which I think is really smart. We did a lot, I've had a lot of clients in the past where um, we used services like that to kind of help increase the number of valuable reviews but also give feedback to the business in in ways that they need to adapt Mm -hmm. Um, you also have to be open to receiving feedback Uh, and my favorite that's dangerous my favorite my favorite (laughs) story of this was a was a client i had that actually followed me around to a few agencies but um this happened i want to say when i was at my first agency and it's a restaurant owned by an extremely old man (laughs) <laughs> who uh, got a negative review and like wrote him a letter and wanted to publish said letter as the response that was like, well, we don't want your business anyway. And you did. And it was like, I'm like, man, you wrote like five paragraphs 
that's a bad idea. Like, <laughs> and uh, and I think that it comes down to like if you're if you're going to solicit feedback, and then you're going to do jack shit with it, then you probably shouldn't be giving a form out right. there for people to publish it. That being said, it's the internet. People are going to yep. the conversation is going to happen with or without you. Right. Right. But now I it think, just gets more eyeballs when it's online. Right. Well, Dude. yeah, absolutely. You should and and you, again I and I tell people all the time I this is one of my little nuggets of information for sales people I tell my own sales people hey I kind of hope we have a problem because I think that's when I'm gonna shine like and I tell them before because it's kind of funny because you set up a situation where you act like you want there to be a problem and it's like when I talk to young sales people I'm like it's always a good idea when I'm Early in the relationship with a sales with with a client, I'll tell them I'll say, you know what, I'll be one hundred percent honest. I kind of hope, I think that a true a good salesperson is actually judged more by when something goes wrong. I said, I'm knock on wood, nothing goes wrong, but when it does, that's when I shine. Like you kind of set it up to where they're like, oh, I kind of want it to go wrong so I can see how good I this guy is. Right? <laughs> and then and so we, you know, I kind of get that set in their head, but it, it's definitely it's that that kind of moment where you. I mean, it's an it's a opportunity, right? Right. When we say it in sales all the time, it's like, oh no, we, when we screw up, that's when something good can happen. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that's always been, you know, kind of that go to in, in sales is like the guy freaking out about. Something. Have you ever seen the movie The Chef? No, highly suggest it. Is that John uh, with uh, uh, Favreau? Yeah, yep. And it's kind of on that basis yeah. where he doesn't understand Twitter. <laughs> he gets a bad food review on Twitter, but he doesn't know how Twitter works, so he thinks he's just DMing back the food credit, <laughs> and he writes this horrendous fuck you fucking letter back to the guy, and then, like, blow, you know, it completely blows up, you know, and, like, it goes viral. And yes. It's a great movie, and it's just kind of... I'm putting it on my list. It's it's a super good movie, and it's it's free on Netflix. It's, like, a kind of a B movie, but it's great. But I love B movies. Same, I, when you're saying this, I'm picturing... <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that guy's into all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so good. He's good. Mandalorian. Yeah, he's like season two. Yeah, so good. Which I so I good. didn't realize that he was the guy behind all that, but he's the guy behind the entire MCU. Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. I remember him as the weirdo guy from Friends, like the oh. professional wrestler. Oh yeah, I was like, what? That guy? Wow. Dude, he's always to me. He's like, go, you go back like, like swingers, swingers, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's but there's another great example of somebody. The impression that you get from him is not the whole story, right? right? And seeing different people as they pivot out of something, out of something, out of something, and, and into well, the MCU, <laughs> which is a good landing thing. a gig with Disney, where you're literally the the mastermind behind Marvel and a lot of Star Wars now, which is crazy. Yeah, pivots. Good pivot. Uh, Great pivot. <laughs> Good it was. Yes. <laughs> no, I think we, uh, one of the things we talked about kind of pre, pre uh, air was just your ability to like taking what you real world stuff versus yep. school stuff. Yep. You're very, you're, you're scholar guy. You're, you're doing your master's right now, right? Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll get into that. So I, uh, <laughs> I like hold on. When he says that. Hold on. That's wait a second. Is it, is it this type of a scary? <laughs> no. Is it this kind? No, it's not. It's not a bad, like, what's well, this just, kind? That kind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that kind. And no. Then. So I, uh, I was a person who said I would never go back to school. 
I came out of my undergrad, went into a career that was really not what I went to school for. I mean, it kind of was like PR got me into the agency stuff and then it really right. like transformed into more marketing and advertising than, than PR. I've always kind of done a little bit here and there, but um, there is a program in Arizona State that is it's a master's of science and digital audience strategy. And I, I just like looking at the program, I was like, okay, every single class on here uh, <laughs> meets, I can see an application for it in what I do, regardless of whether mm-hmm. I stay agency side or go, go back agency side at that point or stay client side, or if I start my own thing, whatever, like it's all like, it's all, it's all data and analytics. It's platform side. It's tactical, but it's, it's also very strategic. And, um, and it's been great. I, I, I'm two classes in. I'm going to graduate next December. The thing I found, though, is that it's a lot of review. I mean, I'm 10 years into my career, and I've been doing digital since day one. And so there's a few things... Like a lot of it's great and it's it's been it's been really good to brush up on certain things that I haven't done in a while. Like I don't do a lot of email and I don't do a lot of like mm-hmm. it's some of the more owned media tactics. I'm, I'm very much a, you know, paid media has been the emphasis of my career for a long time. But um, there's definitely some things where I'm like, you guys are wrong. <laughs> because you've been teaching this in academia in right. a program that's three years old. That, bing, 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 bing. And you've never actually done it. And I kind of like there was one thing I kind of like pushed back against one of my professors with and just real quick dropped it and was like, I'll just I'll take the getting the answer wrong. Like, or well, the, yeah. so the, the, the whole theme around this was is that like. And I get the philosophy behind it, but they say you can't optimize your your social media campaigns for a conversion because the conversion doesn't happen on social media. The purchase happens on your website. So you can never have conversions as an objective for your social media campaigns. And I'm like, mm. you want to tell that to <laughs> multiple bosses that I've had? Right. Where, like, the the whole point is, like, yes, you can optimize your ads to be ones that will convert better. And I understand that if you're driving a bunch of traffic to a garbage website, it's not going to convert regardless right. of the quality of the app. Because that's a duh. But that's but that's exactly it. Where it's like you can't then say though that the that the purpose of a conversion like doesn't take place on social because that ad is the thing that may or may not have pushed someone over the edge. Right. It might be that initial piece of awareness. I think that pieces of content like that can have multiple objectives, and that's kind of like. The, the best ones do. And the best ones do. And then beyond that, like, you know, like, you can buy on Instagram now. Like, <laughs> I you, was like, going to say there's, that. There's that was, I just bought a game on Instagram <laughs> yeah. today. Like, there's, have you guys been did, on Instagram They lately? didn't have to go to a website. I literally used <laughs> yeah. PayPal, and I, I bought a game today. And, and But that's exactly it, where it's like, you if you have this closed mind, and that's like, this is a pretty new program. Right. That, I mean, I think has opened my eyes to, like, digital's changing so quickly that, like, like we're talking about things like TikTok, but it's still, like, Snapchat. And I'm like, well, guys, you probably should, like, move on a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. um, but no, philosophically, like, I, it's a great program. I'm, like, actually really excited to get more into the, deeper into it and some of the, the data and analytics side. But it is one of those things where I'm like, I just, I don't want to say that I know more. But I've been doing it for 10 years, and I don't know that any of the, like, my professors have actually ever done it. 
Right. Like there, that's the, that's the, for me, that's the biggest question. I respect academia in, in the sense of what you're trying to teach. But at the same time, unless you're out there doing it in the real world, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. There's just a difference. There's value in it, in, in both sides of it. But let me, let me flip it around. You've got people that are coming up through academia, whether it's undergrad or grad, that are wanting to, to sharpen. I always talk about sharpening yep. the blade. Yep. There's, there's value in what you're doing. Some of it is for some initials on a piece of paper or in your email signature. Right. Some of it is... That's honestly why I'm doing it. I, I just mean, want it, to be very clear. <laughs> it's part of the game. I talk to my kids about this all the time. You have to understand the construct of the game in order, in order to figure out yep. how to get ahead. Yep. If you understand that, you may learn two things out of this and you're paying your tax to put your initials on that deal, but it's all part of the game that puts you in a different position to be on a different level to talk to other people that value that. It's really sad, but if the if the program that I'm in currently was an MA instead of an MS, I might not be in it right now. <laughs> like, which is yeah. absolutely insane to say, but it's like it was. I think that there's you know like a master of science program does hold a little bit more weight than right. a master of arts, and like I'm my undergrad was a BA, so it's like I think that's a little bit hyperbole, but I I but did have counts. that thought of like. It's knowing oh. your, but it's knowing your audience. It's the same principles. Yeah, you're marketing yourself and you're ma- marketing your skill set. I need to talk to the people that value that stuff. That are the strategic, analytical, data driven people mm-hmm. that I can because if that's the expertise that that I'm bringing to the table, I want to make sure it's attractive to those people. I'll let my personality shine to the other side, right? A right. little bit later. Well, no, but, because you can't you can't have it just one way or the other. But right. that's exactly it. Where it was like. I eventually, at some point in my career, it's going to go one of two ways. One, I'm going to go completely freelance and just consult and do that side of the the business, have my own clients, in which case having a master's is great because that's a differentiator against a lot of other people doing freelance. The other side of it is is if I ever want to hit VP or the C-suite, I'm going to be in competition with people who already have either an MBA or a master's. So I have to have that to just be in the conversation at all. Yeah, it's like hitting the right armor in <clears throat> Destiny or whatever. Yeah. I haven't played Destiny in a long time. I got my Series X. You did? I did. Oh, boy. Oh, God. It's so good. I'm surprised you're here. I know. I know. <laughs> I am too, Jody. <laughs> Especially wow. with 24 hours notice. I, but. Yeah. He's literally like, uh, <laughs> you're about done. We about done here. Okay, go. No, no, it's uh. That's you know what that is. That's called maturity, my friend. I, I will delayed say, gratification. I will say that I'm pretty sure my girlfriend is extremely excited for me to get back into having a day job. Um, I was like, God, I, it couldn't have released like a month earlier. Then I would have had a full like no two kidding. months in between jobs to just play Call of Duty. But um, yeah, it's look. I think that the the sharpening your sword side of things is really important. Um, what I would kind of warn people is is don't go from your undergrad to your master's at least in the field of digital marketing i mean be mm-hmm. obviously if you need if you're gonna be a doctor there's a little bit difference yeah, here and you can do. you need that progression but like get a few years on the job or do it concurrently but if you're not doing it in real life like i've submitted assignments since i started that were like this would be really good client work 
and then gotten a grade that I was like, well, I don't necessarily agree with it, or vice versa, where I phoned something in, but I followed the rubric, and it would a client <laughs> right. would have shit all over it, and it was like, <laughs> this is a great job, hundred percent. And it's like, there's there's things like that that it's like, and as I'm going through with with my freelance client right now, we're doing things like setting up Facebook pixels and and making sure conversion events are triggering right, and like we're getting all of this groundwork done. I can guarantee you by the time I am done with this program, I will not have once talked about Facebook pixels or anything like that. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that's going to get people in trouble if they haven't done it and figured out, like, those are the roadblocks and the weird little things that someone's going to throw a wrench in. Like, yeah, you can write stellar copy or you you know how the Facebook ads manager works. But if you don't troubleshoot these other things, like, you're going to, like, get tripped up you're talking about a video simulator versus a real gunfight right exactly like all, absolutely all, you've spent 10 <laughs> years actually getting lead thrown at you in yeah. gunfights and you're sitting in a room with yep. some other kids who literally have been in a simulator their whole life and never actually had something to shoot at them look i've played like, a lot of flight sims i think i can fly a plane <laughs> yeah let's, <laughs> just, let's just jump right in i got yeah, this i got it i got it, it. I, I seriously, I've got this great flight, flight simulator. We're good to go. I'm Microsoft so made it. It's good. It's got to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we played bowling on the Wii when uh, that was a thing with my kids, and uh, they were like, "Dad, I could destroy you at bowling." So, like any good father, yeah. Oh yeah, take him to I the took bowling. him to the bowling alley. <laughs> you bought him a pack of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> I ordered a picture of Bud Light. Ordered a yep. Bud Light, got him half drunk, made him smoke the whole time, and we beat the shit out of them. Yep, yep. Good for you. I didn't realize this was the seventies, guys. I didn't. It is. We didn't wear seat belts. It was fantastic. No, it's great because, and I, I love hearing this because this is the side as our listeners know that they literally. I, I harp on is okay. There's there's guys like I want my brain surgeon to have a degree, right? Absolutely. But I also know that there's people that, that don't necessarily need a degree or not of that mindset, right? I've talked about, we've had my brother on this podcast. He's extremely, you know, one of the most successful people I know in my life. And that guy should not have graduated high school. <laughs> like, honestly, without me, I think, calling in favors and begging, uh, he, he wouldn't be here. But he dominates in his industry, and he's makes way more money than I do. And he he's does. a lot he's, better looking than you, too. Hey, <laughs> I'm just calling it as I if you're Did into you that, see him on if Halloween? If you're into that kind of thing, I guess. I don't Dick know. Dutton. That like was his skinny, smooth-faced guys. Yeah. He okay. was from Yellowstone Ranch. That, he did. He looked like... He's he walking jo- around with a brand, and I was like, get away from me. Yeah. He was. He he nailed it. But he's... He to go to your guys' Halloween parties. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh I, I ended up engaged. Uh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Uh, but they, I, I just, you know, we, I talk about all the time. There's certain, certain people that have that, right? And there's certain people that just don't, you know, they don't need it necessarily. And I think there's, I think we have a mix. I think we have people that listen to this podcast for both reasons. I think they want to hear how to get ahead in those situations. But I, I think there's also the people that understand like, hey, I think I might be good at something, but I'm not a school person, right? I'm not a, I'm not a book person. And my daughter, I'm going to brag on her a little bit today because she's, she's had a bumpy road, man. I mean, we've, we've, we've battled. There's times I didn't know she was going to graduate high school. Like she's just not a book person. And then what do we do immediately, we try to put her into school we're like, okay, well, maybe she'll be a better college student. Than maybe, she was. you know, hey, let's see what happens. We put her right into college and she didn't do good. 
And it was like, but she found this job. And I shout out to Microbe 100. They are a local startup here in Boise. Um, you can check them out online. They they sell uh, their uh, uh, gut health. I do a horrible job of selling this. My daughter would do way better. But they basically she's focus so, on gut health so and, and things. And, yeah, she's like. You know, Thanks a lot, Dad. Yeah, you ruined it. You butchered it. Yeah, and they have an amazing podcast studio and a podcast and everything. They're really cool people. But anyways, some doctors that got together and found out a way to basically work on gut health, they are taking off. When she started with the company, uh, it, you know, just in the last few years, they've gone from like nine people in a warehouse to, you know, I think they're close to 100 employees now. They're going to do, you know, 50-something million dollars in sales this year. They're, they're really taking off and doing well. And my daughter got in through a f- high school friend. Didn't have a degree to get there. Didn't have anything. Just was like, hey, you'd be good in customer service. You like to talk to people, blah, blah, She got into this company. They're super solid. We have mutual. Luckily for us, we know some of the doctors in there. We have friends of friends kind of deal. We know they're a solid company. So we're like, hey, you should really jump into this. She loves it there. She just came home today all excited, all stoked. You know, she's 21 years old, no degree. But she does. She works really hard at her job, and they're like, "We're going to make you a project manager on this next project, and you're going to get to run this thing and do this." She's stoked about it, right? She's like, "Everybody else that's doing it has a degree. Like they're doing this as a degree, but they just like how I work." So she she literally did what I told her to do, which is work hard, prove that you know that you know, learn the job. She can talk it better than anyone I know. She could be a salesperson for him. She could do whatever. And she, they literally are rewarding her with her new, you know, and, and as an employer looking at this, not just as a dad, I'm looking at like seeing the light they've put into that employee mm-hmm. <laughs> by giving her responsibility. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've said, Hey, we like the way you're working here and we're going to give you more responsibility. Now you're a project manager on this new project that we're doing. I thought it was amazing to just listen to her come home excited and lit up about it. And it also gave me that drive of like, see, sis, this is what I tell you. You may not have the degree, but if you go work hard and do the job good, yep, a lot of people see that and they will will base us off that. And I've said that before. I've got friends that work at Google. i got friends that work at some very big companies. And they will tell you they will hire guys with real-world experience mm-hmm. over that master's sometimes or over that degree to do that. And I, th- I think that's a really cool aspect that you're seeing. You oh, know? absolutely. Uh, I look at my master's degree as nothing more than a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. It is it's part of the game. Oh, oh you is, nailed it. Like you said, you have to have it to be in the discussion yeah. for certain yeah. you know, positions. But, right? yeah, but that's exactly it, where it's like once you like get me in a room with someone, right. and odds are like we're going to leave that conversation, whether or not I'm a good fit for that job, they're going to think that I'm at least knowledgeable what I did. Jimmy, I, I didn't understand five, six, seven words that he said. Let's hire him. Well, and I went through this just, I mean, just literally come fresh coming off a job search. There was a couple interviews where, like, I'm weird with interviews where I feel like I'm interviewing them almost more than they're you should. interviewing Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I agree. And I've told you a lot be. of my friends this, and they're like, what? And it's like, you know, I left one interview with a local company here, um, that that's in like the the cybersecurity and app world, and like halfway through the the interview, it was like my third interview with them. The lady and I were talking to, we were both just kind of like, yeah, I don't think I'm a good fit for this. <laughs> and, and she's like, well, I mean, you're like a really you're a really bright guy, but I just don't know if like this piece and this piece of your experience really line up. And I'm like, no, you're totally right. Like, 
look, if you want to continue the conversation, great. But like, I'm also under the assumption that this is not a good fit for me. <laughs> Did you send him a rejection letter? I should have. <laughs> That's what I would do. I should have. Fucking love. She's this. like, and like literally when I like we ended, she's like, well, let me think on this for a few days, and I actually might call you back. And I'm like, okay, but like, I like I don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, but you never know. I love that. Right. You never know I what pivot, it. though, she's making in her head. There's always something well, yeah. you don't know that you're like, oh, if she's going back and saying, hey, I don't, I've got this guy that he doesn't line up for what we have here, but he's really smart. We need, yeah, we need him. Don't you talk to, talk to so-and-so over and blah, blah, blah. And that's you happened to me in the past, know. too. Yeah. And that I, that would But I that's mean, you being real and that's what I right, so I talk right. about this all the time. You brought your be you, be you know, yeah. the whole thing about me saying sales partners, I've turned down more client like is what most people would say customers, right? No, you sign them up. They're a customer. If they want to buy from you, they're a customer. No, no, no. no. I'm looking for partners. Yep. And I've had guys say, "Dude, we want to carry your product." I'm like, "Yeah, it's not a good fit." Mm-hmm. And they How look come? at you like, "What the fuck?" Like <laughs> You're you're a sales guy. You're here to sell me shit, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm here to partner with you long term because you and I are going to work together all the time. And I don't really like. And I actually, I mean, I have a story where I'm like, I, I don't like working with you. Like, I don't I, like I, you. I don't like you. Like, honestly, like I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just yeah. want to be. And it was so funny. The same thing you're saying. Like, I literally was rejecting the guy I was there pitching. Yeah. At one point, I said, you know what? I really don't like the tone. I don't like how this is going. Like. I'm gonna go now. Can I? Like, have I'm my, just. I'm just. Can gonna, I have my business card. And back? I asked for my card back. That was my. I love that. That was, that was kind of like my fucking real like throat <laughs> chop. Holy shit! That was the power th- move. That was the throat <laughs> chop. I said, "Hey, can you reach behind?" And honestly, I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't been such an asshole. About like he leaned back. He had a credenza behind his desk that was just piled with shit. And I handed him my card, and he went like this. Didn't look at it. He just leaned back and threw it behind him on the credenza. And that was my first tip. And I just kind of was like, eh. So I said, hey, can you grab that card for me? And he like, fuck. Now he's inconvenienced because he has to turn around again. And he hands me my card back. And I'm like, perfect. I hand his man's card back. I said, all right. I'm gonna. You can get fucked. I'm. I'm gonna leave, and it just. It wasn't a good fit. And we had a good conversation the next day because honestly, he called me and he's like, "Hey, what? What the fuck just happened there? Like, <laughs> do you want to come back in here and try this again?" Right, and you I'm blow like, "People's minds." And I'm like, "No, I don't, because yeah. we're not a good fit." So like, I love that, and I think honestly, more people, because I do the same thing. I haven't been an employee very much. Like, it's not. I've always kind of worked for myself. So, but I've done interviews, and I've always done well, and I've actually. I've been offered more jobs than I've accepted. And I and I honestly tell people I'm like, when I'm kind of coaching people on their interview process, I'm like, you're interviewing them too. Like, don't go into that. Yeah. Like, I just gotta get this. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna because here's the other thing. I've been on that other side and been fucked by it when someone says primarily I always use QuickBooks as an example <laughs> because I've hired a lot of bookkeepers and I've hired a lot of people. And I say, Hey, do you know QuickBooks? Oh yeah, no QuickBooks totally good really okay yeah i'm like an expert okay awesome and then i hire them and then they don't know shit about quickbooks which i don't know shit about quickbooks i could have done that myself right (laughs) i I can fuck up quickbooks with the best of them i don't need you to fuck up quickbooks but literally they they come to you and they're like yeah yeah i'm good so don't bullshit yeah the pete your way through you know they don't they're like uh well, I do have one thing that's wrong with me. I, I guess I work too hard. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my the, favorite. Uh, like, yeah. like, shut the fuck up. Like, like literally do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're doing interviews or you want to do an interview, if you want to kill it, go in there with the mindset that you're a fucking you're interviewing them. Yeah, you are like that. You nailed it because they because there's a point where you're even going to go. 
Because there's no better power move than being like, yeah, I don't think this is good for me. Yep. And they're like, well, uh, what? Like, you're here interviewing. Wait a minute. No, yeah, yeah, well, no. everyone wants the We're job good. that we have open. Right. Why yeah. wouldn't you? We're amazing. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, I, I will say, I've done a lot of, I've been on the hiring side too. So it's like I've built teams at a, at a few companies that I've been at. And so I think having that vision and experience of being on the other side of the table is really important when you're interviewing yourself. But man, one thing that, that, that every time that it has happened to me, I've just left with such a sour taste in my mouth. If you get to the end of an interview and the person that's interviewing you says, Hey, well, what questions do you have for me? And they say, I'm good. Nothing. <laughs> it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You have nothing. There is None? zero questions that I can answer for you about the company, about the position, about myself as a boss. Like, like what? Like, like this is going to be your life, right? You're yeah. going to come here every fucking day and you have no questions. You know what the other one is? Is when they come into an interview and know fuck all about oh, the company. God, my that favorite is. Blows my mind. Traeger, when I worked for Traeger <laughs> and we would be interviewing people to come in and work as our assistant. Like, so, so we would hire people to be our inside sales. Like I did outside sales and, and, and territory management. So we would be hiring for somebody to be in the office with us. Right. They know they're coming to work at Traeger barbecues. Right. We tell them, all right, this barbecue company even says in the, in the, in the, uh, the ad even says like you're even gonna get after uh you know you after 90 days or whatever you get a Traeger barbecue and you know become part of the barbecue family you'll be the best cookie you'll be a better cook for you know like we we play up Your the family fact that will love a you fucking barbecue company right yeah. you need to get into it we love this shit we do shit we love we cook for a living we do it like this is awesome and they come in and they're like yeah yeah and you're like so you, are you familiar with how the Traeger barbecue works. Um, no, it's like, I, I mean, I know it's a barbecue and you're like, okay, do you know? And I always would ask him, do you know what the barbecue runs off of? Like what the fuel is that it runs on? And they're barbecue? like, like, is it barbecue? Does it, it run, run off, off of barbecue, barbecue? sauce? <laughs> I barbecue? love barbecue. And literally they'd be like, huh? like, uh, like propane. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. Like literally like read a fuck. We're the original wood pellet barbecue in the world where they're inventor of it. Like literally know what the fuck our company is before you come and interview. Yeah. People, but people don't. They just they don't do the research. I love cover letters that have the wrong company name on them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've seen some your of direct those. competitor. Yes, like, I've got seen a lot some of those. those. Yeah, Which, so. when, you're, when you're in the agency side, I get it. I get because it. you're because yeah. you write these form cover letters and then you control find and you might have accidentally spelled something wrong or you forgot to change it out. But I've, I've <laughs> this, had someone. This guy say seems the, really good. Who, what's his name? Your name here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've had someone say the wrong company name in an interview and not catch it, and I did not correct them, um, <laughs> which is always fun. But yeah, I've had people knock interviews out of the park. Like, I'm getting to the end, and I'm like, I, this is like, I think I found them. And then they don't have questions. And it literally, like, I didn't hire that person. Yeah. I, I want the person who's hungry, who did some research, who wants to know more, and maybe doesn't necessarily have the exact skill set I'm looking for, because right. I can train that person up. Right. As long as they're ding, bright, ding. that's fine. But if they have no passion and they're not hungry, like I'm not hiring you because I know that you are just using this as a stepping stone to your next job. Yeah. That happens? In All the, the time. It does? <laughs> wow. I'm not of that ilk. Oh my god. Look, I'm not a you job to, hopper and you I have to pry me out of it after twenty three years. And here's the thing, like I don't I don't see like job hopping as a bad it's thing. Not. Like, it's not. I no, don't. Because it's it depends on here's the thing. It depends on what your goal is. If if you've got a goal, and and I want to hit on something you were just talking about, it really doesn't take that much time to do a little bit of research. God, no. 
Spend five minutes. Read the About Us page, yeah, for that's, Christ's sake. You like, really go don't. Go to the website. Yeah. Just go but, to the website. But the point of it is the intentionality, and that's ding, 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 with our bingo card. Mm-hmm. The intentionality of, of, again, understand the game. Uh, even if you're going to fake it, at least fake it well. Right. Come on. Like, it's not. Learn one fact. It's not try. that it's hard. It's not the, like, learn something that seems like you did a little bit of research, and then off the cuff, throw yeah. it out there in the interview. And I might be throwing out little cheats here that I shouldn't because, honestly, I think you're, this is a hack. But, honestly, find an obscure fact on their website. Yeah, yeah no, obscure absolutely. Obscure fact and try to work it into your deal. Like, absolutely. if you literally read that the founder was raised in Norway and, you know, was, you know, a military child that was raised on an Air Force base in my, and it's some obscure bullshit yep. and you just work it into your thing. You're like, you know, I just, you know, what I just love about it, the fact that the owner of the company is a military, you know, that, you know, military family. And I mean, growing up in Norway, I mean, I think you just dropped that one little piece yep. of shit. You didn't read anything else on the way. They're like, holy fuck, this guy knows everything. Yep. <laughs> yep. All you did was went two paragraphs deeper into the about us or the fucking story or a Google, just Google something, you know, like just some obscure shit. Concept closure goes both ways, kids. It's amazing what people, it's like how, I mean, I do this with customers. I mean, I, if I'm going to get like a big, you know, if we're going to land a big customer and I'm going to Denver, or I'm going to I'm going to try to get somebody in that market, in a big market and I want to land them. You better believe your, you know, bet your ass that I'm going to sit there and, and look through where all their locations are. And that's for my business in the construction industry is like being able to hit places where they understand that I know where all their locations are. So when I'm like, I'm like, dude, I think it's going to be great because, you know, we get a lot of leads in Flagstaff. I know you guys aren't just here in Phoenix. I mean, we, we get a lot of leads in the mountains in Phoenix, you know, in Flagstaff and due to the climate up there, this is, and they're like, oh shit, this guy knows about our Flagstaff branch, you know, like <laughs> those kind of things go a long ways with people. And that's what they don't understand. And going back to that thing, like that to me is execution and personality and some of these things that you can't fucking teach somebody in school right Mm -hmm. but here's where you can teach it honestly is with guys like us yeah go learn from other guys right go go you know we say here's another bingo card thing surround yourself with good people (laughs) we say it on every podcast man absolutely work around other people if you want to be in an industry you want to be in something you know if if you you know go look these guys up you know and say like hey i kind of want to get into this business i mean can you hang out with you if you are a young person Stalk them a little bit. Hey, can I take you to lunch? Can Dude, I just pick your brain? we love that shit. We love that. I'm I old, t- and I love that shit. I love to share wisdom. Mm-hmm. I may not even have that much, but I think I do, and I will share it with you. When people want to come job shadow me, I'm like, Dude, drop in anytime. I will talk your ear off, and I will give you some nuggets. If there's one nugget that changes the trajectory of what you're doing that makes you more successful, win for you, win for me. It's, it, it's awesome. That's yeah. a good thing. But again, intentionality. Seek that stuff out. Figure it out. I go, oh my God. I say that to my kids like 7,000 times a day. Figure it out. And it's it's my oldest. She's almost 16. She's she's getting it. Yep. And she's figuring out the systems on stuff and 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 being more and more assertive on figuring things out. And it's I mean, you talk about personality differences, then you got the boy. He's figuring out the Xbox, all right. But he had a 7% in English class. Look, Jody, Seven. eventually. He's going to be, oh, he's all about the, he, dad, dad, you don't understand. Because now his voice, he's a pubescent hero. Dad, <laughs> I'm going to do the esports, dad. I'm going to go to college on, on a scholarship 
for esports. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. You still need to get better than a 7% in English. Right. You this still got to hit some basics here, bud. Look, Judd, I was... Uh, <laughs> this may come as a shock. I was not a great student in undergrad. Hold on, and time I out. Was definitely not a great student in high school. Time out. Who was your teacher for Japanese at Bishop Kelly High School? Oh, sensei. Miss, Miss Trebesh. Stephanie. Miss Stephanie Trebesh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my small, God, we're small old. Small world. I remember when we had that revelation. Like, holy shit. You're what? like, hey, did you know, did you know her? I was like, that was my fucking Japanese teacher for four years. Wow. Like, I went to Japan twice with her. Like, We are old. Mm-hmm. Very, very funny. Like, oh, but hey, funny. that underscores it's and lots I, and of just, networking and, opportunities. Right. And I was a shitty student. And that's, and what, like, and that's what we circle back to. But, uh, and it's funny because I was, I was telling someone this the other day about grad school. I was like, it's this, it's the craziest thing. Like I have a 4.0 in grad school, partially because I don't have a job right now. But even before that, I was, I had a job and I was like, the, the main difference is, is like, just don't wait until this day something is due to do it. Right. And like school becomes this like really easy thing that you can just get through. Weirdly enough. And I was like, it's the craziest thing. I don't know why I didn't so do when, this like 15 years ago. How do when you, do you <laughs> learn that? But I mean, I'm being actually kind of serious. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I, how do you get that across to the younger? Well, no, There's, you don't. You don't. And it's the only way that I learned it was by getting into the real world and like having that same mentality with what I do at work. And like I noticed this too, that there's a lot of people in their careers that save th- like procrastinate to the yeah. last second. Yes. And it's like, if you like work is not hard when you are not scrambling every day to Boring. finish something. Like if you like there look, you gotta do fire drills, right? And especially sure. working on the agency side, there's always gonna be these wrenches thrown in, like, oh well, it's five o'clock on a Friday and client needs a media by by Sunday. And so like <laughs> guess we're doing it. But if you have done the thing like there's nothing worse than having a client call you at five o'clock to do something immediately when you have all of this work still backed up that was already supposed to be done. And so that's the key. If you are ahead, it's not of the, isolated. Exactly. If you're ahead of the game, like just move your mental due dates up a day. It's a, I call then, it, like, right. I call it the buffer. Day, yeah, exactly. I work you, in buffers all the time. I work in buffers absolutely. financially. I work in buffers with time management. Yep. I'm always working in buffers and on the account services side, I'll tell them all the time, tell me it's due at this time, lie to me, lie to my face, yep. because it, at the end of the day, just you're managing my expectations, and give me a time. If you want it, like on Tuesday at 5 o'clock, then tell me you need it uh, Monday at 3 o'clock. Right. Because if, if there is a wrench, you've got time to figure that stuff out, and then tell the client, by the way, it's, you're going to get it on Friday. Right. <laughs> Not that the client, the, the best part is, is when you get like a due date that's like, say, 5 o'clock on a Thursday. When that's like the due date to be delivered final to the media, right. not the <laughs> first yeah. draft iteration due for client review because the client's not going to. But you figure that well, out yeah. the in the real world. Yeah. You figure it out. And this is something, again, I talked to my kids about. It's because there's dollar bills attached to that. Yeah. And if you screw it up, the dollar bills go away. If you kill it, the dollar bills grow. Mm-hmm. And so does your your influence and so does the networking ability of people will talk to other people about how well you did X. So real world example, we get into the 
the craft of doing virtual events earlier this year. And the first one we do, we don't <laughs> we don't do virtual events till recently. They're like, can you guys do it? We're like, yes, we can. We'll figure it out. And we yep. did. The first one we did went really, really well. The second one we did went really, really well. The third one we did was a totally different event and way harder and way more moving parts. And we killed it. And and that's a small circle of virtual galas, by the way. Yeah. So now all these fundraising people, suddenly we've positioned ourselves as the people to go to that are the, quote, experts at doing this. We've done three! And that's three more than a lot of people that's around That's three here. more than yeah. a lot of people. It's perspective and context. And if it's three context. successful ones, it's better than a guy that did 50 shitty ones. Exactly. Right. I just had that conversation <laughs> tonight. Oh. I literally had a guy, like, and that was trying to get it through his head on the building side, going non-digital. Same deal. We had, he wants... A guy with more experience. I want a guy with more projects. I'm like, you have a guy right in front of you that's done three very good projects. That's better than the guy I can give you that's done 50 shitty projects. Right. Can't get it past him. He, he's really having a hard time swallowing that. So, like I said, everything is, I mean, you guys are looking at, they're like, oh, we just saw this, this, and this that you did. Right. That's great. That's great. That's all you got to do. That's. But that, again, going back to trying to tell younger kids that. Every and that's why I tell my sixteen-year-old, and everyone knows he's a straight-A student. He's the smartest dumbass you've ever met. He literally can't remember shit. If it wiener wasn't sewn on, he'd lose it, you know. But he's <laughs> a straight-A amazing student. And I try to tell him, I go, Gav, everything you're doing right now, they're judging you on. Even he's like, Dad, it's COVID. I'm like, literally logged into it. Who cares? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, some point, someone remembers what you did on those things. Every one, everything you do is a tryout, right? Yeah. If you guys would have been like, ah, fuck it. It's our first gala. We don't have to do good. It would affect what you're doing now. 100%. It? So you 100%. guys killed it, killed it, killed it. That should make you an expert. You know mm -hmm. I mean? I don't think there is anything funny about being like, yeah, you got three fucking successful things. You're 100% right now. Yeah. All right. I never thought you're about it. a thousand. Woo. Killed it. And who knows, who knows what doors that opens in the future? And I mean, looking I, I, at it, yeah. from my perspective, I think the future is, honestly, it's your live event with a virtual component on all of Dude, them. We are, we are having that discussion every day right like you, now. <laughs> we live in a post-COVID world, even though it's yeah. not post yet. It will. <laughs> it's, it's, everyone's yeah. talking about it. We are, we are, I'm like I said, I was in a meeting again. You look, we're between the, you know, the football program I'm involved with, the, uh, you know, with the Builder Contractor Association, with our company, with all these different things, we're trying to plan things for this spring. Mm -hmm. We have to, like, we have to, like, book things. We have to do things. Everyone's like, what are we going to do? Is it going to be, like, so everything now, the buzzword's hybrid, right? It's a hybrid. Yeah. It's going to be a hybrid where we're going to have, you know, some people there in person and some people online. And that's what everyone says, right? So you better figure out how to do it. If you, I mean, you guys are getting way ahead of it if you're doing it that way because that that is the thing. I mean, that you have to. And it's you know we're we talked about it from the building industry. We're trying to get ahead of COVID in a way of like the conversation today came up with another builder. He says, "Hey, are you guys seeing that? Um, like every house has to have an office in it now, right? Like a right. good office in it yeah. now. Like you never really thought about that pre-COVID." In less than a year, I would say the designs of floor plans for us in the building industry right now have 
made a hundred percent switch to post COVID. And I would even say as far as people saying there needs to be like an education area in the house. Really? Fucking crazy. When you got people saying, Oh, we can convert this dining room to be the classroom kind of deal. Well, that's happening with houses right now. That is necessity trumping the like second, the formal dining room. Yeah. What's more important? I worked from my kitchen table for the first three months before we converted the spare bedroom into an office. No. You're like, ah, it's temporary. I'm not going to be here very long. Right. And then well, you're like, no, oh, absolutely. Fuck, we're be here. Wow. It was like, okay, well, so the spare, like, get rid of the spare bed. Like, we got a, a double desk in there because uh, my girlfriend also works from home a good portion of the time. So it's like, all right, well, like, looks like we're office mates now. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, see you at the water cooler. Exactly. You like, guys have a water cooler? We do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, of course. Everybody does. <laughs> I need to catch up. Literally, I, yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting you know, again, pivot that you see everybody doing is to something different where the way we work differently, the way we're, you know, I mean, these online galas are going to be the way, sure. I mean, fundraising is going to change. Like it has to go that way. It has to. So, I mean, good for you guys to be ahead of that. You know what the irony after. is? You know who was where I went to find the expertise on that? Churches. Oh, that's right. You said that. That makes sense. Churches are much further ahead because yeah, they've, they've been streaming they've been having to do that stuff for a long they've been time. having to figure that out yeah. and that's that's a model that's god it's five years old because what they figured out was that instead of having one big giant mega church you could have a medium-sized church and have all these different satellite locations right you got to figure out how to stream that stuff those guys figured it out years ago so when when it got to the to the business world, that's that's immediately where I went and said, "Hey, here's here's this deal. You guys, can you help me pull it off?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's easy." And that's here's an interesting thing. Like you talk about, so we'll go back and do a shout out to Jen Hickey, previous podcast guest. Hi, Jen. Jen Hickey, who's still crushing. I'm working with her. She's now they started an organization uh, connected to the BCA called P, the. PWB Professional Women in Building, and oh, nice. they, we they just actually got their charter, so they're national. I'm a member. I'm a professional woman in building as well. Oh, I'm proud of you. Yep. And uh, anyways, but we they we I, we well, I'm a member, so I can say we uh, we got yeah, our na- we that. got our membership, our charter, and everything. So they're moving forward. It, but like I was talking to Jen, and again, I was giving her kudos, just like we did on the podcast. Jen. Uh, pre-COVID was trying to get all the, so the parade of homes is a big deal for the oh, BCA. Yeah. It's our number one fundraiser of the year. And it's a huge thing. It's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the reason we're in existence. It's not, but a lot of people know us for that, right? That's what they know the BCA for. Right. She's for years been getting all of her parade guys to do 3D uh, virtual tours of the same house for people that can't make it to the live parade, mm-hmm. right? That was her idea. Like, oh, well, if there's people moving here from other places and they want to tour the parade, if you've got yours online, they can do a parade tour without being here. And all the builders were like, whatever, shut up. This That's is, dumb. This is stupid. Everyone wants to drive up and put on the booties and walk through the house and do the thing. They want to see the house. They don't want to look on their computer. Guess what happened this year? A uh, little thing called COVID. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Uh, it's like the flu, but apparently it's different, worse. And uh, anyways, we had to make a pivot real fast because they shut down the parade. So immediately the BCA is looking around like, what the fuck do we do? And Jen's like in the corner like, um, I've been doing you. it for like three years now. If you want, I could just 
expand to all 30 homes instead of the three that I, or the 10 I did, she stepped up like a boss and basically just said, I'll take on the whole project. And she went in and shot every house and gave us a virtual tour and we killed it. We had, I I'm going to way overstep the girl boss on this. Cause I, she, I, I it was like five or 10 times more visits this year for homes. Every one of our builders has come back with feedback saying, Oh my God, way better than we ever did live. That's well, no and, shit. And here's the thing. There's a few people moving here from out of state. A little bit. Just a few. Just a handful. But the, but the fact is, like, Jen and what you got, like, you're talking about doing something like what the churches did and what Jen yeah. did. They followed what they thought was right, mm-hmm. and it and the world came to them. Yeah. Like, it came back around to them to where, like, hey, that, <laughs> that thing you've been doing for three years that we've been telling you is a stupid idea, we think it's a good idea now. You know what sounds terrible <laughs> to me? Driving around all day, walking through homes. You know, what sounds, you know what sounds awesome to me? Sitting on my couch watching college football all day while I scroll through virtual tours of homes. Drinking a coffee in your pajamas. Exactly. Yeah. And then figuring out the one or two that I want to actually go see 100%. and then doing that. Yeah. And this is where I think I look at like even the, the virtual the uh, the virtual galas and all this stuff. Like These are all things where I think we're going to look back at some point and be like, huh. That's interesting. I'm surprised. We, so you guys used to actually walk around all the houses, huh? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not even going to remember what COVID was at that point, but they're going to sit there and go, huh, I didn't know you guys did that. Yeah, and then this thing COVID happened one year, and we had the weird year of 2020, but I don't know. It was crazy. I want to know what the conversations were in, like, ancient times where they're like, I know you guys think it's flat, but we've got some pretty good <laughs> some pretty good ideas. I think if you just keep on sailing, you're not going to fall Jody, off. Jody, that conversation is still happening, still and it's really <laughs> unfortunate. I'm, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise believes it's still flat, flat if yeah. I remember correctly. Is he in on that? I don't, I don't know. Even. Scientology, flat earthers, they might be all the same. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. <sighs> all right, we're a bit over an hour. Okay. But uh, so we, we generally wrap kind of with, uh, we can call it mentor advice. Oh, great. So sometimes this applies to kids. Um, both of us are dads of teenagers, which explains a lot of the gray hair. Um, and drinking. And drinking. But um, at the end of the day, as we grow in sharpening our blades, as we grow in our knowledge, as we figure out some of these things where we're like, huh. Turns out the world is round. <laughs> we have a responsibility to pass some of that on and help some of those younger people coming up to kind of just be the better version of themselves and to not not let fear be an obstacle in chasing down. So one of the things I want to I want to shout out to you having the balls to leave a gig at a at an established agency during a global pandemic some people might scratch their head and go what why would you do that i was that person who was scratching my head (laughs) (laughs) you do that as an out-of-body experience why did i do that but there my contention is that there is a whole bunch of people that would never consider that you not only considered it you did it yeah and the quote-unquote greener pasture dried up because they quit irrigating it yeah and you pivoted without hesitation. Mm-hmm. That says a ton about your intelligence and your character. Those Thank are the you, people that, that, that I want to hire, right? No, totally. Those are the people that we want in our boat. Those are the people that we want to surround ourselves with because mm-hmm. they, they, 
they force you to be better. Yeah. Because you you're like, mm, damn, that's inspiring. So hats off, kudos to you. Thank you, sir. For for doing that. And then chasing down some just more knowledge. Totally. I, I and I think that actually in a way is partially why I made the decision I did. I was very comfortable and I could have very easily stayed where I was at for the rest of my life and been very content and very happy and done great work. But I knew that there was, if I didn't take a little bit of a risk on something that was at the time seemed like an extremely great opportunity that I wasn't going to continue to push like and learn and ultimately figure shit out and how to do it in new and different ways. And like, I was only there six months. I learned more in six months there just from pure chaos (laughs) and having to like, like, you know, I mean, I had three managers in six months. I, there was a lot that like went sideways real quick and I could have very easily just said, fuck it. I'm not even going to like, I'm not even going to do the work. I'm just going to let them like fire me. And I continued to do the work and it, you know, got to a point where they decided that they wanted to restructure in a way that I definitely didn't agree with, but that's fine. And ultimately it led me to take a bunch of new interviews and talk to a bunch of companies and figure out, Hey, this looks cool. This doesn't look cool. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. Um, spend more time on things in grad school, start freelancing on the side, which is something I wanted to do forever, but didn't really have a lot of, I would say moral opportunity to do so in in that it would have, you know, it it was in direct competition with what I was doing at the time. Whereas now it's, it's not like I, like even like my new employer, it's very open. Like you can have work, like we're not going to prevent you from working on the side. Just don't do it during business hours. And that's great. And which is honestly, I think that's from a managerial point of view. It's pretty smart, man. Cause you're sharpening different blades that you never know what's going to come back and be like, Hey, Remember that one thing that you... Totally. Yeah. Well, and how many... I mean, I've known so many people over the years where it's like, well, yeah, we're not supposed to do it, but we do it anyway. And that, like, that doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't prevent any... Like, <laughs> right. no like right. no one's, like, burning down the ship because they took a freelance project that right. take, you know, five hours a week or whatever. Like, that's, you know, nights and weekends. That's honestly how I've positioned what most of my freelance work will be in the future. Unless I get some, you know... Gigantic client, which I had an opportunity to land GameStop as a client. And when what? I say when I say GameStop, I mean national GameStop. I like wow. yeah, like I actually like I had a connection through someone that got laid off at the same time as me. I had conversations with them because they needed a freelancer to run all of their paid media. And I was like, You want to hire a freelancer for that? That is kind of odd. Well, and so like through that conversation, like like I had a few emails with them and they were like, you know, we think we actually kind of want someone local full-time in in texas to do this and i was like that's yeah, probably a good idea if, if if that changes reach back out to me i'm happy like i'm happy ain't moving to, to texas right i'm happy to like if you want to like consider someone remote and in contract whatever like i'm happy to do that i'm also probably extremely qualified for not only <laughs> knowing the industry but knowing what exactly you want to execute on and like paid search and social but god that would be a dream job you know you. it would it's funny you say that because there was part of me that was like it would be a really fun job for a short period of time, but that talk about jumping on a ship <laughs> that is on fire and sinking <laughs> in the middle of the ocean, right? It's a brick and mortar company and games are getting rid of physical copies. Right. So right. they're going all digital and going direct to consumer. And they're like, it's like a third party 
that's just going to be irrelevant in three years. Mm, they were actually, they were irrelevant five years ago and they've somehow managed to like write the ship, but um, no, they're on the verge of bankruptcy. It's okay, so, guys. It's just an iceberg. It's like when GNC went went <laughs> bankrupt in the middle of COVID, where bodybuilding was positioned because they were already online. Right. GNC was very much rooted in brick and mortar and declared bankruptcy and all that. So it's like there are. It would have been a cool opportunity, but I I understand why it didn't work out, and I'm happy that it didn't because I also think that it would have been chaotic and i would not have landed the gig that i have now because it would have been far more full-time well, so but i you like never being know. able to do both though you never know who's talking to somebody oh, that talks to somebody totally and one of, one of my mentorship things is go build bridges oh absolutely Be intentional about building bridges even if you don't cross them it doesn't matter build the bridge build that relationship and leave them with a good a good taste like just be good i spend about five to ten minutes three or four days a week, just going through recommendations on LinkedIn of people that look interesting from their job titles. And I'll just mm. shoot them a connection. And this is why I have like 8,000 connections on LinkedIn, but it's all relevant people. Right. Where it's like, oh, they work at this agency or they're a marketing person for this company. And eventually, like I've had like people that I've talked to through that that led to either potential opportunities or like me recommending other people for jobs. Right. Well, it's just like Ian. Putting in the time yeah. to reach out to the right people. Yep. It, and it's all, I mean, again, it's all part of this strategy. Right. All right. So one nugget of wisdom that you want to pass on to 25-year-old Sean. Oh, man. I mean, I think the, the if I could talk to 25-year-old Sean, it was like just start early. But um, I think that by that point, I was pretty much on the path. I had already started at, at 116 and um, had a fair. You were there deep. at 25? I was there at, yeah. God dang, you were advanced. Yeah. All right, 21-year-old Sean. 21-year-old Sean was just graduating college and was going to my first agency, second agency gig, but first real agency job. And yeah, it's uh, it's diversify. And it, and I'm I'm even saying that now where it's like, it's funny because like doing this freelance stuff, I'm like, God, I wish I knew how to like do graphic design or like video <laughs> editing. And it would just be really handy to just have a little bit of that knowledge. Right. I've done that in a lot of other areas where it's like, yeah, I'm not great at SEO or I'm not the best email marketer, but I've done it. And in a pinch, I can absolutely get on there and I can make something happen. And have an intelligent conversation knowing some of those keywords. Well, totally. It, but it's also <laughs> like, and it's know your resources and it's know when you don't know something so you can tap into a resource to figure it out. Ding, ding. Know what you don't know. Yep. Don't put that. don't put like garbage out into the universe. If you like, don't put your name on something that is ultimately going to come back and bite you in the ass. But if you can, like, that doesn't mean don't take shots at things either oh i like that that was a good one yeah. one shot i knew it one I shot it. i knew he'd have it yeah, that's good i feel really good he was 100 of the shots you know, that was take. a good that was a good episode right there well, that's a good episode hold on a second i'm gonna hit this ready yep hit it i'm gonna hit <clears throat> oh that turned out good it did turn out really good and i think it i told you to well. be a good guest i know you finally brought some talent and you brought it. It wasn't. It wasn't me. That is for sure. <laughs> very, Thank very you, true. everybody. Uh, appreciate you listening. Go check us out at Havoc Partners on all social medias, and uh, we'll tag up everybody in the in the bios. Check it all out. We have anything coming up, like in the near future? Are we, we gonna go to a barbershop? 
We are going to go to a barbershop. Yep. Keep talking about it. I know. We've got a couple of good ones coming up. So For we'll, obvious we'll reasons, I don't go to barbershops. <laughs> hey, guys, have a good night. Thank you.